And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100% And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Well, it is the Wednesday edition of the Weighing In Podcast. We're coming to you live from San Jose, California and places unknown. That's me. Not saying where the hell I'm at. I'm in Tennessee. I'm lying. So what's up, my man? We have another show coming up. We've got the big heavyweight battle that's coming in the UFC with Mr. Rosenstruck against the man Cyril Gaon. And we've also got a couple of really good fights in there. Got Jimmy Rivera coming back against Pedro Munoz. That's going to be a fantastic fight. We are always having fun. Just did a nice podcast with the Irishmen, Ross and Barry. That was a good time. You guys got to go check out their podcast. We will bring that up later. And we do have the Irish spirit. If you go to ProWrestlingTees.com, we have a special weighing in St. Patrick's Day shirt for you. It looks good. It's got the date of March 17th on there, and that's when it's coming up. And you can get that at ProWrestlingTees.com and use that promo code of plethora. That is our promo code. You can pick up that shirt, wear the green, and not have someone pinch you or punch you in the head. What's up, Josh? What's going on, man? It's good to be back. We filmed on Saturday, Sunday, sorry, Sunday, and now we're back on Wednesday, and it's going to drop probably in the morning. I'm like, I'm amped up. I'm ready for this to come up this weekend. We've got the fights, and then we've got a uh, bunch of other big, big fights coming up also, too, the following week and the week Whoa. after. Oh, and then the week after, and then the week after the week that. After, and the week after that, there's multiple. Jeez, oh, man, it's going to be so much fun. I'm amped up. Start obviously for for me. I'm amped up for the Bellator to start back up, and then just run it through. And all the big fights coming up for the UFC. There's been a lot of announcements also for the PFL, and then also some of the announcements for the one uh, fighting championships. Yeah. I'm amped up because everyone now is starting to find their stride and where they're going to be at for MMA in terms of every promotion now starting to set their dates and. We're going to be packed with just a lot to talk about, thank God. After a whole year Hello. of trying to make things happen, we've decided <laughs> this has been great, though. I'm amped up. We're growing. The show's getting bigger. Podcast Dave is finally starting to do his job. And uh, we are on track, man. We are on track. I'm loving this. John, I'm loving the fact that we get to do this twice a week. And then when we start working, we'll be doing it three times a week in terms of we get to call a fight together. And then we best. get to do this. This is the best. This is this, I don't even know how to understand how we, how, how are we so lucky? Blessed. We're blessed. So, someone <laughs> is looking out for us. And we're yes. Out. Yes. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I've had so much going on, man. I've been busy and stuff, but we got a lot to talk about when it comes to the fights coming up. Cause there's some decisions to be made here. There's a lot that's going on. There's a couple of fights that are going to fall. What I call under the radar that are going to be really good fights in this next card. I think this is what, you know, one of those UFC cards where you look and you go, eh, it's not that good. It's going to be good. It's going to be a really good, there's a certain Kevin Kroom against Alex Caceres. That's going to be a great fight. Mm. I actually love Angela Hill got another fight. She wanted Tisha Torres. That didn't happen, but Ashley Yoder stood. You know, she stands up, takes the fight. And like I said, I think the Pedro Munoz, Jimmy Rivera oh. fight is going to be fire. It's a good matchup. That should be fire fun to watch so mm -hmm. all kinds and alex hernandez is back and he's going against Thiago moises 
another good fight. They got a lot of really good fights coming up on this card. So it's going to be a, a definite show to watch. Well, let's start with the main event. Let's go. Jarzinho Rosenstruck. Jarzinho Rosenstruck against Cyril Gunn. I, man, I'll tell you what, I, I, I love Rosenstruck. I think he's tough as hell, but I do but, think. I hear a but. I, I, I'm being honest, man. Bone Gaiman, Cyril Gunn. I believe that he is a, a more well-rounded fighter. I think he's got the very good stand-up along with, you know, Rosenstruck. But, dude, he's big. He's strong. He's fast. I just think that he's coming up, and I think he's got just more tools in the in the box there. I think he can open that up, and he's got submissions. He's not just looking for the knockout. I'm kind of leaning towards him, and I and I love Biggie Boy. Biggie Boy, he's fun to watch. I just not, I'm not sure that uh, it's a good stylistic matchup for him. Although the only guy that's put him uh, in the loss column in the UFC is a guy that. Hits like uh, a freight train coming at you in Nangano. So I don't know. I don't know why I keep on looking at Cyril Gunn and thinking, man, this is this is the guy that I think is going to give Rosenstruck some problems. Have you not seen wrong. the side by side body comparison? That's why you look at. That's why <laughs> no, I look I at Cyril Gunn. I'm like, bodies, bodies look don't at, mean nothing. Look man. at this guy. How do you? How do you like go against him? He's built like a Greek god. I mean, like okay. guys. Let me let, let me get you going back one second. I want I want you to think of a fight. It was only like two weeks ago, and it was Rodrigo Vera against Hernandez. Look at yeah. the body types, <laughs> and look at who won. Yeah, my man Hernandez. Let's talk uh, about that fight in terms of that one guy was cutting weight. Neither heavyweight has to cut weight. No. That's true. Yeah, I know. Neither heavyweight has to cut weight. They're both 248, or they both weigh in around 248. 162, 165. Cyril I think, has the ability to keep the pressure on him, press him against the fence, take away his striking, mix it up like you're talking about. The athleticism will be there. He's got to set up his takedowns or at least get into the clinch a little bit better by punching his way in. If he doesn't do that, he's going to be there to get hit. I, I think I have to... And this is like vinegar coming out of my mouth. Is that I agree with you? Ooh, <laughs> I, look at that! I agree with the fact that Damn. I, I was thinking the same now. thing. I mean, this uh, is a huge jump up in competition for Cyril Gone. But if yeah. he can get this win, that puts him right in that conversation of potentially not being next for a title shot, but fighting one more person and then getting to that title shot. I think it would have to be someone like a Derek Lewis, though. He'd have to beat a Derek Lewis. He'd have to beat a. Um, you know, the loser of the who's fighting right now, Stipe, and you know, he'd have to get one more big win, I think, to get him that title shot. But I'm I'm looking at Serial Gone. If he fights smart and uses all of his abilities, I think he can win this fight. And I think he can do it pretty, I wouldn't say easily, but it could be kind of one-sided if he fights a smart fight. If he decides to stick on the outside and he gasses himself out, no, no, forcing no. the takedowns or trying to stand, he's gonna be in a lot of trouble. In well, his stand-up is very good. It is. And that that's really my my whole my whole reason for saying I think that he's got the tools to actually get this done is he's more well-rounded. He's got, you know, three wins by knockout. He's got three wins by submission. Where if you go and you look at Rosenstruck, here's the guy, man. He is power. He is a guy, he's gonna come, he's gonna try to take your head off, and he's got 10 KOs. But if you look in that submission category. There's a big goose egg because he doesn't even think about that. He is going to try to punch his his hand through your head. So just the fact that on the ground, one guy has the ability 
to not have to use strikes, has other tools. That's that's my big difference maker. But this is a great heavyweight matchup. You know, when you were talking about, man, the heavyweights have kind of got me excited. This is the kind of yeah. fight that should definitely get the fans excited because this is a great matchup. Yeah, because stylistically, like, Cyril Gaon can't take the fight in other places, but yep. will um, Jarzinho... Will he Rosa be able Str- to? Will, will he be able to? <laughs> will Jarzinho be able to keep him in the in the center of the cage and make him stand with him? That's the one thing. Can he stop one or two takedowns? Or can he keep himself out of the clinch so he's not blowing himself up and slowing down the striking in that position? Cyril Gaon has all the abilities, but it's it, it really comes down to fight IQ. Who can fight the best and the smartest fight? Jorginho can just keep him in the center of the cage and, and stick and move and throw big heavy shots when, when the opportunities present themselves without overextending himself to get put into that clinch or that get taken down. Then he's got a good chance of winning. But if yep. Gon fights a smart fight, I think he I think he can make it a one sided fight for three rounds or or not sorry five rounds. But yeah, yeah, yeah for five rounds, <clears throat> or he can get the finish if he's able to get the takedown. I can see a potential submission as well. Yeah, that's that's the whole thing, and it's it's clear. You know, Rosenstruck has got such power. We were arguing about the Ro- the Overeem fight. You know, Overeem won, like I said, he won four rounds, four minutes and 50 seconds. And that's a win for, you know, Rosenstruck because he knocks him out in that. And so he's got that ability at any point in the fight. That's what always makes him yeah. scary. Well, my, I guess my next question is, is the winner of this fights who? That it's a it's a good question, but you're looking at the guys who just fought, and I could see that the winner of this will go against someone like Derek Lewis. Yes, I really I really look at that. This is a fight, Derek Lewis. You're looking when you watch the fight because you're probably going to get matched up against one of these guys. He's not going to get that step up, you know, where people are talking about championship fight. No. Nope, that's not going to happen. He did beat Curtis Blades. He's now ranked right behind Francis. And I think Francis is going to get that next title shot against Stipe. But then you take a look and if Rosenstruck wins, he was ranked number four. I think he's going to jump blades and Derek Lewis and uh, Rosenstruck would fight. And if Cyril gone can, you know, get the win, I think that they're going to jump him up into the, at least the fourth you know, position where Rosenstruck is at now. And they could even put him up to three. Yeah. That right there puts number two against number three. That would be, the way I look at it right now. The winner of this, you're looking at that guy that's called the Beast. He's going to be the next opponent. Yeah, I could see whoever wins this fight fighting Derek Lewis because, remember, John Jones is going to cut that line, which everyone, yes. just so we're clear, he deserves to cut the line. We talked yes, about Yes, he does. I don't want people to think I'm throwing shade. I, he deserves to cut the line. I think he's he's definitely earned it. He deserves to be up there. If he's going to be ready by then to fight and if they can get their contract stuff negotiated out first, then he'll cut the line. He'll be right up there to fight the winner of Francis Ngannou and Steve Miocic. So yep. if those two fight and then the loser of that will probably drop down after that and fight someone like a Curtis Blades or a, maybe a Volkov or maybe a Cyril Gaon or something along those lines. But I, I as much as I think Cyril Gaon's probably going to win, like you were saying, but I want to see Biggie Boy and I want to see Derek Lewis fight. That's you the fight I want to see. Fun. That's the fight I want to see. But you're talking about two guys that just go after knocking you out, though. Exactly. So the fight I want to see is that one. But I think Cyril Gong gets it done. And then I think he does the same thing to Derek Lewis. Really? (laughs) I think basically the format would be very similar. 
to, yeah. to how you beat how you beat both of them is the, the very similar format. Yeah, you know, um, plan would be close. I, I think Derek Lewis got a little bit more power than Jorginho, but I think Jorginho got a little bit more cleaner stand up, yeah, a little more technical, a little bit technical, more cleaner stand up. Yeah. So, but I, I mean, either way, like I said, I said this what um, three weeks ago. Man, heavyweight division is not really doing it for me. <laughs> and then, like a week later, I was like, "All right, foot out of the mouth." Okay, uh, here we go. It's it's coming yeah. alive. It's coming alive. I'm I'm amped up for. I'm glad that the UFC is putting together. That's there's good matchups. There is. There's good matchups to be had. That's true. So good stuff on their part. Let's see. Like I look when we were talking about the this fight card. I'm not I'm not as on it as you are in terms of a, it's a, a sneaky good one. Not yeah. yet. It's got some good names on there that can make it sneaky good. You know, Angela Hill being on there, Yoder being on there, the two of them have, stepping up having that fight. I think that's going to be a good fight. Uh Caceres versus Kroom, that should be a good fight like that's you were saying. A good fight. You know, um the the but the fight that most interests me, like you said, is the Pedro Munoz and the Jimmy Rivera fight. That's the one that most interests. I'm surprised that's not the co-main event. Oh, I was really surprised at yeah. where they put it comparatively when you look at who's fighting and why. And But I think they're trying to push Magomed mm -hmm. and his fight against Nikita Krylov. Krylov's good. Yeah. Krylov's stand-up is dynamite. Yeah. He is really good. And he, he's got a he's got a, a, a serviceable ground game, good defensive-wise. Not doesn't pull off a lot of submissions, but... Uh, Magomed is a beast. And so this it's, I really think they're, they're trying to show Krylov and Magomed in this to show, Hey, we've got these guys and they're really talented fighters. So I, I don't think people just don't know them as much, but in the two Oh fives, they got to start building guys. Yeah. You know, they don't have, you know, you've got the fight with obviously, you know, Jan against Israel and that's going to be a you know spectacular matchup, but then, you know, Reyes is coming off a loss. Look at some of the different you know guys that they have in that division. They got to build some stars. Glover's getting older. Thiago Santos is you know he's exciting and explosive. Uh, I always say it right. Rakic is the way I say it. You know I think that Yuri Yuri Projeska, he's he's exciting because he's tough. He's crazy. He's unorthodox. He'll take a beating and then come back and whoop your ass. So. They've got guys, but they've got to build them because people don't know them. People really don't know who Yuri is. You know, Rack, they do. Diago, they do. Glover's getting older, and that's why you've got to bring in a couple more guys. And well, I that, think that's what they're doing. That division got real stagnant because of John Jones. Like it's yes. that people just yeah. didn't care about the rest of the fighters that were in that division. John Jones was so dominant. Every time someone was gonna fight, they're like, I'm just gonna watch John Jones. Either I'm gonna watch to see him lose or I'm gonna watch to see him win. Either way, you're gonna watch because John Jones is fighting. It, they didn't care who he was fighting. They just wanted to see him win or they wanted to see him lose. It's that had that little bit of that Floyd Mayweather effect, you know, and yeah. he wiped out the division. And then on top of wiping out the division, other people, everyone just lost interest in whoever else was in that division. So when that happened, now they've got to rebuild some stars out of there. And I think it's great that Izzy's going up there because it adds a new flavor, you know, and it's just that something different, something new. It's like, oh, there's all oh, the champion 185 is up there at 205. Let's go. Let's go. Like there, that's that's all I hear people talking about right now is how they think Izzy's gonna walk through uh Yawn. And I'm like, ooh. ooh. I don't know if he's gonna I don't walk, know if he's gonna walk through him, through him yeah, but it, it, technically is where I look and I go, technically there's not a doubt in my mind, Israel Adesanya is the superior stand-up fighter as far as what we look at for stand-up skills 
and the ability to, to utilize a variety of attacks where Jan is, he's more boxing centric. He fights like a boxer. He uses great, you know, footwork to get inside. He lands big shots. He just doesn't use all the tools that MMA provides. He's decided what works for him and, and he's going to stick with that. And I'm not saying he's wrong because he's been spectacular in his last couple of fights. So, you know, it's an, it's an interesting matchup. It really is. It's the power of Jan Blokowicz against the talent and just all around stand-up versatility that Israel Adesanya brings to the cage. How tall is Jan? Jan's about 6'3". So he's about 6'3". And what does he what does he come in normally at? You think fight day, two forty? I, I I no, I would say he I say he's walking into the cage the night of the fight somewhere around two thirty. So then the kind of around where Paulo Costa comes in, but Paulo Costa's shorter. Yeah, Paulo Costa's what six foot? So no, he's, he's six two. Paulo Costa's five eleven. No, Paulo Costa's taller than five. Six, six Paul, foot, six Paul foot. Acosta, I would say six. He's close to six. So he's not. So then, then Blahovich not that much bigger. No, no. Damn. So yeah. So Paul Acosta is six foot. I can tell you what I, one of the fight. One of the fights I did of uh, Paul Acosta when he was fighting, he weighed in at one eighty five, and the night of the fight he was two twenty eight. That's okay. So that fight, and then you got Jan who weighs in at two hundred five. Probably you're saying walks around about two or about two thirty by the time he comes into the fight. So it's very similar type fight, as far as size. Yes. But okay. And and but I would of, say the speed of Paulo Costa is faster than Jan. Yes. Yes. I would agree. Okay. What so, is that saying, Josh? <laughs> That's my whole point in the fight. Look, there's no doubt in my mind. Jan Blahovich block. How are you want to say? I said Blahovich. He definitely can win this fight. Yeah. He's got he he's the champ for a reason. He's a tough dude, man. He's good. I really enjoy watching him. He is just a uh he's a he's one of those blue collar workhorse fighters. He's talented. You know, he was champion over at KSW for a long time, then came to UFC, had a couple wins, had some losses and stuff, got himself back on track, and he's been just spectacular in, like I said. The last two years, he's been just outstanding. But when you are facing someone like Adesanya, he's a different beast in the stand-up because when you think you can hit him, you don't. Yeah, you know he's able to pull out and to to make you pay for coming in trying to hit him. You've got. I, if I was Lahovich, I would watch exactly what you know. Uh, Kelvin Gastelum did in that fight that he had with Israel, the pressure that he put on Israel. That's what I believe Jan needs to do. If he wants to get a win, he can get the win. He's got to, he's got to create that kind of pressure at times and make Israel have to always be moving, always be adjusting to what pressure he's bringing. I just don't think that Jan can do that because of the way th that Gastelum is shorter. The movements are different. The, sure the speed is obviously a factor as well. I mean, 
Gaslam's a lot faster than Jan is. Yeah, so, yeah. So everything's going to be a little, a lot different, you know. Whereas Izzy has to punch down to hit Gaslam, where he's got the punch probably equal to eye level. Right. Yeah, to yeah. hit punch straight to hit Jan's. It, those things play a big factor when you're trying to compare the two things. I agree that he needs to make it more of a dirty, grimy fight if he's going to get that win, or he's going to he's going to make it a, a competitive fight. He's got to touch him, but he's got to be—he's got to make sure that he makes it a grimy fight, trying to catch him in the transitions. I don't know if he can do that. So, well, yeah, not only transitions. The one thing, Israel's very smart. You know, if you're watching him, very smart about how he takes his breaks when he gets a breath. You watch the movement. You watch what he does. He knows exactly when I want to. I need a couple seconds here to take a deep breath, and he does a couple different little movements to do it. He makes his opponent kind of stop and wait. And then they come and gives him his break every time. If Jan's watching tape on Israel, every time he sees that, he needs to go forward and go after him. Don't give him that break that he's so used to getting that makes him feel comfortable. Yeah, that was um, <clears throat> somebody else did that as well. I think Ben Benson was doing that in the second fight with Chandler. He said every yeah. time Chandler takes a step back and bounces around, that's him taking his rest. Yep. So I got to put the pressure on him. So that was uh, you know, <clears throat> didn't work out for him, but. You know, it was, well, yeah, it was a good mindset. It was a good mindset, though, and it was also a, it was, it's a good game plan. Yeah, you know, it's a good. I'm not going to sit there and say what Israel does, no. but watch and you'll see it. Got it. Um, back to the Jimmy Rivera and Pedro Munoz fight. That to me is going to be a barmer. The whole fight will be a barmer. That That's... whole that that whole situation. I think um, the two of them coming out like Pedro hasn't fought since um, Frankie. Correct. No. So he's, he's, that was his last fight. First fight. This is his first fight back. Yeah, yeah. He lost to Aljo, Aljo, and then he lost to Frankie, so he's trying to get back on the winning track. But I feel like that fight was so close. A lot of people don't feel that he lost that fight. Yeah, it was a close fight. Yeah, It was. It was super close. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, but all in all, the two of these guys are going to come to the center of the cage and just probably throw down, get after it. Jimmy's going to probably try to mix in the wrestling quite a bit. I don't know if he's going to be able to get him down. But he's gonna he's gonna throw some big dogs in the process, but that when you mix up the wrestling with, with those big punches, Pedro's gonna have to make sure he makes the adjustment of dropping the hands and defending the takedowns without getting caught with big shots. It's not an easy thing <laughs> to do, man. <laughs> John's like, like yeah, <laughs> with, with without with getting caught. Yeah, that's a great plan, but yeah. you got to make it happen. That ain't easy. Pedro's got. First off, his guillotine is dangerous. And Jimmy, many times, comes in, throws his hands, and goes to wrestling. Yeah. He wants to get in the top position. He needs to be very careful of the guillotine that Pedro Munoz possesses. Because, man, if he if he gets it in place, you're not getting your head out. He's going to squeeze, and he's going to pop your head like a pimple. You know, And it's, uh, it's one of those... Like I do to podcast, fight. Dave. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is... It's a dangerous fight for both guys, but I think in the, just the way I'm looking at it, Jimmy, from what I've seen in his fights, kind of plateaued for a while. Then he started, okay, he's he's feeling good again, but I don't think he's in the same place as he was at one point in his career yet still. I think he's ta he took a little bit of a step back. I don't think Pedro is taking that step, even with the two losses. He hasn't really taken the step back. The real question is, mindset between the two i yeah. think right now pedro's in a position he's feeling the pressure i got to perform 
might make, you know, those little drastic moves at times because of that pressure that gives Jimmy Rivera the opening that he needs. But that's the real question. I think performance-wise, Munoz is in a better place. I think mentally, Jimmy Rivera is in a better place. That's hmm. one of the reasons I just love the fight. It's going to be a good fight. Um, I don't know much about Kroom, but I know that Caceres is, is tough. He's good. His movement, his his grappling's not bad. Like he's got he, the long lengthiness of him. He's also seemed like he's matured. I think a little bit as a person. So he's made. He's actually taken the fighting a little bit more serious. Tell me more about uh, Kevin Kroom. You know, Kevin Kroom is a guy. He he's trained by James Krause, mm -hmm. and you know he's had a lot of fights where if you look at his record, he's got a lot of losses as far as I think twelve losses on his career or something. But, you know, Caceres is the same thing, but it's the losses that he had. He's learned from, it. you know, a lot. Some of them were, you know, he had, he had some wins in the beginning. Then he had a lot of losses. And now, now he's in that position. He's had like three or four wins, I want to say. And then he had a no contest, but he is good. He is a tough son of a bitch and he will stand in and throw with anybody. Caceres likes to stand up, be slick, a lot of movement. And he likes to be in that stand-up game. Well, Kevin Kroom's going to be in a stand-up game with him. And he's going to be pressuring him the whole time, daring Caceres to throw strikes because he loves to counter on those strikes. So it's just going to be a fun fight. They're going to end up in a position where they're both in the stand-up. Someone's going to tag the other guy. That guy's going to go down. The other one's going to try to finish him. Don't know if they can do that. You know, that's what's going to be the end of the fight. But this is going to be one of those barn burner fights. I think they're going to come out. There's going to be a little bit of in the first round, a little bit of feeling out unless Kevin Kroom just does what I've seen him do in the past and just goes for it and goes after him, which he has. And it's just going to be Caceres. How do you deal with the pressure that, that Kevin Kroom is going to bring? Like Angela Hill came, she was, she was coming after um, Tisha Torres trying to get that fight. Tisha Torres already beat her from what I recall. Yeah, I yeah. did the fight. Yes. So Tisha Torres already Mexico. beat her. Yeah. And I'm just trying to figure out why there was so much. She's saying, like, why Angela Hill? I understand why she wants that fight back, but it doesn't make any sense for Tisha Torres to take that fight again. Tisha's ranked. Not, well, yeah. Not at this time. It yeah, really not at doesn't. this time. It doesn't. Yeah. So I, there I, I would agree with you. Not at this time. That's not a smart fight yeah. for Tisha Torres to take. She already, she already won. She's on a win streak. I believe Angela's on a couple fight lose, losing streak, even though you can look at you know her fight with Michelle Waterson. A lot of people thought she won that. Her fight with Claudia Gadelia. A lot of people thought she won that. She lost them both by split decision. So, yeah, she's on a couple fight losing streak, but she's been fighting well. And she's yeah. been fighting a lot. That's the big thing. But if you you know if you go back in Tisha Torres' last fight, she looked fantastic. Yeah. So I don't blame Tisha at all for saying, you know what? Get a win, get another win. We'll, you know what? We'll do it again. Until that time, it's not going to help me at all. And I don't think it's going to help Tisha if she fought her again. Yeah, yeah. Right now. I agree. I agree. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but that that should be, I think uh, her and uh, Angela Hill and Yoder would be a good fight. Should be fun. Yeah. I the thing Yo, is Yoder, Yoder on the ground. You know, look at Angela Hill's kryptonite throughout her career has been the ground. Yeah. You know, she's really good in the stand-up. She's gotten way better on the ground. I'm not saying she hasn't gotten better. But Ashley Yoder on the ground, she's good. She's tough. 
Yeah, but Andrew Hill's got a lot better at stuffing the takedowns, seeing oh, the takedowns, yeah. also Absolutely. avoiding that ground, and then also using her footwork and her movement to avoid getting letting people get in on the clinch as well as the takedowns. She's gotten no a lot better it. all the way around in terms of her confidence. I think also, even though she knows that she, even though she's lost her last two by split decision, she seems a lot more confident in there and just like it's fun for her right now. And she, those are dangerous fighters to fight. Because they almost feel because they're they're out there enjoying the moment. She loves every bit of that, and like I agree with you. I did. I don't recall the Gedalia fight, but I do recall the Waterson fight, and I remember how great of a fight it was. But I did have Angela Hill slightly, I think, ahead in that fight. Yeah, uh, but it was a close fight though, back and forth. I you know in the Gedalia fight, I believe I had Angela Hill winning the fight. Mm. I thought you know Gedalia won the first round, and then she lost the next two. Your judging's usually a little bit off, though, so it's like, yeah, you know. uh, now <laughs> we're going to get into this. <laughs> a little, you know, the judging, a little bit. Sometimes uh, the refing's off, too. We get don't it. don't, don't we be jealous, homie. Don't be jealous. <laughs> oh, man. Is there any other fights on here that, that stand out to you? Uh, you know, if I'm looking down the list all the way, I, I always love D Dustin Jacoby because he's just a junkyard dog. Tough dude, great kickboxer. Um, that fight with him and Maxim is going to be someone's going to sleep. Just going to say it because mm -hmm. Dustin is not the guy that, uh, that is the uh, submission guy in, in any fashion or anything. And Maxim's got a ton of experience in MMA. It's going to be just a barn burner fight. I think it's going to be fun. Pull up the rest of the card on that. There you go. Alexis Davis. When was the last time she fought? She hasn't fought in like what? Six months, maybe even longer than that, a Been year. Wow. Been a while. She made but her, you know, July nineteen. Yeah, July of nineteen. Over a year. Jeez, two years. Almost two. Jeez. Whoo! I know because she had a baby. Ooh. Correct. Yeah. She had a baby and then she came back and fought once or twice. Scroll down again. Let me see. Like, yeah, but I mean, like, she um, try to get her back on track. She fought 2018, 2019, 2019. Maybe she hasn't fought since she had the baby. I'm trying to recall when she had her baby. Yeah, but, but the um, girl she's fighting, Sabina Mazo, uh -huh. she's good. Her stand-up is dynamite, man. And that's the greatest picture I've ever seen of her right there on the screen. I don't know what <laughs> podcast Dave is throwing up there, but uh, that's she from comes, Sure Dog. Is that Sure Dog? <laughs> she's been training. She's been training with Chris Cyborg a lot. Uh, that's her. That's her training partner now. She came from Columbia. And, you know, her adversary in Colombia was Alejandro Lara. They had a good fight back in uh, Colombia. They were both, I think, undefeated at the time. Maybe, yeah, I think they were undefeated. Maybe Lara had a, had a loss, but Mazo beat her and looked good in beating her. Uh, definitely won the fight. And her stand-up is really good. But now her ground game is really getting better. She, she used to just hold on on the ground. Now she's getting herself back up. She's learned a ton. Uh, obviously Alexis Davis is a, you know, ground fighter likes to bring the, you know, the fight to the ground black belt jujitsu, but in the standup, I'm telling you right now, Sabina Mazo is going to light her up in the standup. Not doing Alexis Davis any favors. <laughs> nah, that's a tough fight. Cause uh, Mazo's fast. Alexis Davis isn't that fast. And so in the standup, you're going to see Mazo just piecing her up until Alexis Davis can hopefully get her hands on her to close that distance get that clinch and keep herself safe well um in another promotion pfl announced uh some of their matchups 
And yeah. Anthony Pettis at the top of that list right there, right? Against Clay Collard. Against Clay Collard. I love Clay Collard. <laughs> He's good. He's fun. You know, he I, I did a couple of his fights in the UFC. He is a He's a dynamite stand-up fighter. And obviously, Pettis is a great stand-up fighter. And I think that's why they put him together. Pettis definitely has the advantage on the ground. Now, I think he's got a superior ground game to Clay. But in the stand-up, it's going to be fun because they're both highlight reels. Yeah. That's a great matchup. And I'll give it to the PFL for putting that as their first matchup. They're saying, hey, you know, we want an exciting fight. And they're they're putting in a in a position where Anthony Pettis, the guy they just signed for a lot of money, he's that is no cakewalk. He is not getting an easy fight. Is this the is this the tournament, or is this well, just like one fight to get into the tournament? No, I think you're you're in the tournament from the start. It's the matter they've got that point system. Got it. So when you're fighting, uh, you've got that point system. If you win in the first round, you're going to get so many points. If you win in the second, you get last third. You know. It's less because it's decision, so complicated. You know, yeah. well, that's the problem. Not that I don't uh, like it. I like. I actually no, like the idea no, actually, of it all. It's, it's not a bad idea. It's not. It's not a bad idea at all. It's just complicated. Like it, you have to like go into their brackets and their website to follow their brackets and see exactly who's got what points, who won by what. If you watch the fights, how much is that really worth? Is is the submission worth two points, three points? The knockout, what's that worth? I mean, like it's, but it is. It, I. I do like it, but I'm not good with math. And so I get really screwed up when I start looking at the numbers, man. <laughs> I know you're not good with math. I said, what's one, two, three on the last show? You go, oh, it's oh. one, two, and three. <laughs> one, two, three. <laughs> That's what it is. It's one, two, and three. Oh, man. Uh, Marcin Held used to fight in Bellator. Did he go to the UFC ever? Yes. He, uh, he did. did, right? Right after Bellator yeah. released him, right? He went to, yeah, I think he went yeah. to the UFC for a little bit. Yep. Yeah. He, now, look, he's a leg lock specialist. He's good. That dude's leg locks are good. His ground game is dynamite. The one thing about him is he goes after those submissions so hard. Many times, you know, he's going after takedowns really hard. He burns a ton of energy. Yeah. He is a he is like a freaking race car with a hole in the gas tank. He is spilling <laughs> fuel. And so if he, you know, if he gets you on the ground, you're in trouble. He's great down there. But you just got to make him fight at a high pace, and you know you're not going to be fighting the same guy in the second and third round. Yeah. Um, he's, yeah, he, I feel like he just relies a lot on his leg locks for everything. And once people realize that's all they have to kind of defend, like with the Paula Harris, who was it that smashed him? The guy with the really ugly tattoo on his uh, shoulder. Alan Belcher, Alan you're talking Bel Paul Harris? Yeah, who, who beat yeah. Paul Harris. Well, they was going, the best, the best athlete, Alan Belcher came into MMA as a Muay Thai guy. Yeah. You know, in fact, he fell victim. The very first Darce choke ever in the UFC was done by who? So Come on, man. Obviously against, obviously against Alan Belcher. Uh, yes, it was. It was Kendall Grove. Uh. Pulls off the first Darce choke ever. In the, in the UFC, and it was against Alan Belcher. And from that, Alan Belcher started becoming a really good ground fighter. His submission game near the end of his career, he was outstanding. You're talking wow. Alan Belcher is not was not only a great fighter, he's a great businessman. He's helped a lot of guys out with gyms and learning how to train guys and how to run their gym like a business. But 
his fight against Paul Harris, man, they were he was going leg lock for leg lock with yeah, him. Yeah, I was you surprised, remember, man. It was awesome, and he got the win in that. You know, and he's Paul, a he's Paul a Harris good just gassed himself out doing what Marcin Held does, trying to yep. get the leg lock, trying to get the leg lock, and he couldn't get it, and it cost him. He just got smashed down after that. But uh, I. I always think of the first Dars slash Anaconda was in Pride with Nogueira. Yeah, that's yeah. Where, that was an Anaconda. Anaconda, Anaconda yeah. So that was kind yeah. of the first time I I, the, I actually don't even know where the Dars came from because all I recall is Nogueira doing the Anaconda, and they just maybe they sw- when did the first the the Dars came from a guy named Mike DRC. Oh, that's why it's that's called Dars. Right, that's right. And my, Mike was a guy that trained out of. Um, I, I, it's Cobra Kai. It was a uh, Mark. Um, God damn. What's Mark's Mark Layman's you Mark school Layman, in Vegas. Yeah. And Mike used to hit this move on everybody. And they called it the Dars because he was Mike DRC. <laughs> so that's was it where ever, it came who from. Who was the first one to do it in? Well, there's, there's the question. A lot of guys, you know, from jujitsu will say, well, that's the Bravo choke. No. And so, yeah, it's the same type of thing, but no one was doing it without a geek. Uh, and Mike was the first guy that was really hitting that thing without a gi and did it a little bit different. So it was, there was a, the setup was different, but you know, anytime, you know, people are looking at that stuff, there's always a story behind where yeah. something came from really, but that's where the Darst joke came from. Yeah. Cause everyone likes to say that jiu-jitsu came from Brazil, <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. but no, I, I get what you're saying. Uh, the fight to me though, is cause uh, I'm a big fan of Lance Palmer, but Bubba Jenkins and Lance Palmer, the wrestling pedigree of each other is going to end up probably neutralizing each other. And they're going to end up having to stay, which is not a good thing for Bubba. Yeah. It's not a good thing. Cause he, he has a, he has a way of leaving himself open when he strikes. Yes, he does, you know, and, but he, the, but the wrestling between the two of them. Oh yeah. Gosh. Like two when guys, I talk yeah. about two ferrets getting after it, like we're talking what Ohio state versus Arizona state. Yes. Right. That's good. You know, both guys wrestled high level. Both guys are great wrestlers. But Lance Palmer is the guy, if you're looking at both of these, Josh, you know, yeah. he's the one that has created a more fluent MMA style where his standup is at least adequate in the, in the fact that he does things technically right yeah. and he can stay in the standup and be comfortable. I agree. No, I think, I think Lance has gotten, he's gotten so much better at, from the first season of the tournament that he did to the winning it the last two times. He's just gotten so much better and he's gotten so much more confidence, I think, by, by fighting uh, consistently and having them with the schedule. And he's gotten better every time, every time he's fought. And I'm just a big fan. I'm a big fan of Lance. He's got a great personality. He's a great person. Super guy. And he's yeah. just, uh, and he's come out and trained with us here at AKA several times and um just a walking book of knowledge too with wrestling comes in it helps and doesn't doesn't try to like hold anything back and wants to spread his knowledge good guy super good guy but that's a great fight and, and so is bubba the bubba jenkins is a is a super guy yeah well just a, a wonderful human being man one of the nicest guys out there and he's, he's had some tough fights you know <laughs> bubba jenkins kryptonite is georgie carhanya yes <laughs> it was like every time he got in the ring with it was bad news but yeah. bubba's good so Pettis had said something in an interview where it's like, um, it's on ESPN, so my audience is the exact same as it was in the UFC. Do you know, like, is and about that ESPN deal with P- PFL? Well, I think it's on their ESPN two and plus and plus. Yeah, yeah it's good for them. Yeah. You know, I mean, realistically, like, if 
it's you're sharing the format with the UFC and I don't want to take a dig at the PFL, but then when they turn it on, they realize there's not a UFC logo in the cage. They're going to turn it. And it's like, when it comes to like a, you're on ESPN, I'm hoping they get some people to start following them. I like, I like the PFL. I like the guys that are fighting in there. I'm glad. I think it was a huge signing for them. They signed Verdum. They signed Pettis, you know, and they've got, they've got guys that they can build around. Um, I want, I want them to be successful because the more places the fighters have to go, the better. So you're absolutely right. And they've got some really good fighters. You know, people are always going to, they're not going to recognize some of the guys that they have. They have quite a few guys from Eastern Europe that are really tough dudes. Johnny case is a guy he fought in the UFC. He fought in Ryzen. Mm -hmm. He's fun to watch. Uh, they got, uh, Oh, O A M, you know, Oliver Albin Mercier mm -hmm. from that was in the UFC. Great wrestler. Hopefully just, moving forward with being able to utilize that wrestling wrestling to the point where he's going after the submissions uh when he got into the upper levels he had a hard time with it but he's a tough dude and he's, he's talented but the guy that they've got brandon brandon lohane from uh england mm -hmm. he's good he's a good fighter uh, i did his fights over in uh, acb in russia he is a freaking tough dude good fighter ton of skill and he's going to be fun to watch well, I mean, like I said, I'm hoping that they, they continue to grow and get better and able to build their roster. But in the other side of the country, in one fighting championship, they did a little bit of an announcement also that Sage Northcutt is fighting. And uh, he's got he's got a little bit of his hands full. If he can't keep this fight on the ground, or he can't get this oh. fight on the feet, he's got his hands full. He's fighting Shinyaoki. Shinya's well, not the know, same guy that he used to be, but no. on the ground, he's still nasty good. And the long yeah. lengthiness of him... His leg locks, his ability to get the fights to the ground. It's a different style of how normal people get their fights to the ground. He'll, he's okay with butt scooting as well. You know, he's fine with trying to jump guard. He's fine with trying to jump to leg locks. He's trying to, he's fine with all of that. Sage got his hands full, but I mean, I've, obviously you want to give, I give, she has been knocked out a couple times. Sage has the ability to do that with kicks, striking. He's got fast hands. He's, I, th I think he's physically a strong kid. I just don't. Oh. I just don't know if uh, he can avoid the the submissions. Super athletic. Yeah, they call him Super Sage for a reason. He this hasn't fought since breaking his chin, though, or his jaw, right? Or his yeah, well, orbital. yeah. He had, you got to figure his last fight was against Cosmo Alexandre, who I thought when they made, it, I go, that's a stupid fight to make, man. <laughs> well, Sage is gonna. He's not. Gonna, he's not gonna take someone to the ground. He's yeah. gonna stand and fight. That's where his strength is. And Cosmo is, first off, he's huge. And he's a great kickboxer. He's tough as hell. And, you know, he, he broke Sage's face with that one right hand. So now you go and you're putting him in against someone that, yes, in the, in the stand-up, Sage has got a chance of winning this fight. On the ground, he's in deep trouble against Shinya because I, I don't care if Shinya is older. He is. But if he gets on, you know, on the ground with Sage, Sage is in trouble. Yeah, he is going to have a. He's going to be doing nothing but trying to defend against things that are coming his way, and I'm. I don't. I'm not sure that his ground and pound style is good enough to cause the problem for Shinya to stop that offensive attack that he will be coming at him with uh, if he's not getting hurt. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But that's. I mean, like for me, I, I guess. You have a big name like Sage, 
who I consider to, to be a pretty big name. And then you've got Shinyoki, who's basically a legend in the sport. And so I think it's a good style. It's a matchup for the two of them. And also for the fans to actually <clears throat> to see a fight between two notor notoriety guys. Two guys that have big names. So good stuff yeah. on their part. What 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 weight did they say that fight's going to go off at? Because the last fight that um, Sage had was at welterweight. He had fought many times at lightweight. The last couple, I think, were welterweight. And was Shinya it at welterweight or was it fight, at one eighty five? Because remember they do that they do that the dry test or whatever it is. Yeah, they, that's right. They do. So they actually fought. Oh, well, I'm wondering what they're going to win at one eighty five. When he fought Cosmo, he weighed in at one eighty five. Him and Cosmo both, but they did the. They said it was a welterweight fight, I think, is what it was. Yeah. So they're calling this um, one's 170-pound lightweight division? Okay. okay. Yeah, because what they do is they, I don't know if they have them make the weight, like, a couple weeks beforehand or, like, the, a month before, two months before or whatever, and then they have them fight at whatever their normal weight is, and they just do a hydration test coming into the fight. Something like that. I got to get more. I got to look more into it and see exactly how they break it all down. But, I mean, I think it's a good fight for both fighters. Shinya's chin's not the greatest as he gets older. And no. he wasn't great earlier in his career either. And, um, you know, but his jiu-jitsu is way better than Sage's. And Sage, oh. his movement, his ability, and, and all that. I mean, I think he's going to definitely play a factor. He's got to make sure he sticks and moves. But it's going to be a good fight. I'm excited. It, this is the, it reminds me of the beginning parts of the sport, you know? kickboxer versus wrestler or vice versa you know jiu-jitsu guy versus wrestler or whatever so should be good but that's good though for i think that's good for everyone um let's go okay so my bookie mybookie.ag mybookie.com um use the promo code weighing in and they will uh give you 50 percent on your deposit give you extra money extra money like extra great. money yeah everyone likes like extra, extra money. money i like extra money yep so Especially check them if, out. If you win on your bets, you'll get a lot of extra money. Hey, we've got the UFC this weekend, so check that out. And you guys can uh, pick up some bets off that card as well. So do your best and give give them a call. Check them out. Get check that money. out mybookie.ag, as you say. What does the AG stand for? I don't know. It's a British thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's not very I don't know either. All right, Podcast guys. Dave, that's your responsibility. You're supposed to know that. All right, all right. Okay, so we're going to talk now right. about Valentina Shevchenko. She uh, announced they got announced a fight with uh, Jessica Andrade. I love Jessica Andrade, by the way. You it. said that's the fight that you wanted to see a while back. Yeah, I mean, like honestly, she's got the power. She's she's not she's not cutting that weight anymore. She's at one twenty five. No, I, I think one twenty five is her. good as far as her not burning out. It's a great weight for her. She is a little bit. Yeah, I don't want to say short and. Short in the arm length, yeah. short in everything when it comes to that that weight class. But I think it's better for her to fight there. She's strong as hell. Yeah, she was strong as hell at 115. At 125, yeah. though, she, I think she'll have the endurance to go the full 25. She'll be able to wrestle for the full 25. She's gonna, I think she's going to carry her power even more because she's going to have more weight behind it. Um, we've seen that with a lot of the guys as well. Like DC at 205 didn't have as much crack. At heavyweight, a lot more power. There was just certain certain fighters that just they're able to transition that power. Like when Max fights at 145, Max Holloway fights at 145. I feel like he's got pop, power, and speed, everything. At 155, he had the speed but didn't have the power to, to translate it. 
against the bigger guys. And so I think with uh, Jessica Andrade, I think she can, she'll continue to have that power and probably even increase it a little bit with a little bit more weight behind it. I just like her style of fighting. You Good. Know, you take her in this fight. You know I'll that. go. <laughs> but but the yeah, the thing is, is that if she's able to, uh, I know. I just don't. I think that's the fight to make, though. Out of all the other fights, fighters that are in there, she's she's to me is the only one that will really give her a run. Yeah. If you if you look at the, the weight class, Jessica Andrade, you know, she's she got there by beating Caitlin Chikugian, and then mm-hmm. in that fight dominated her basically there, there it wasn't like uh, Caitlin was in it lauren murphy has got a, a she's got a true uh you know place to stand and say hey i now deserve this yeah she she has been fighting well she is tough she's got a really good ground game she's her stand-up has improved as far as the technical side of it the speed's going to be a, a concern of mine with her against valentina but she does have you know, a, a foot in the door saying, Hey, I, I deserve a shot here. Jennifer Maya obviously had that shot. Uh, Cynthia, she lost that by losing her last fight. There's just nobody else. When you look yeah. at that list that you go, yeah, that's a person I want to see fight against Valentina because I believe they have a real shot at beating her. Jessica Andrade is the best opportunity for someone to take that title away from valentina i just don't think she's gonna be able to do it yeah i don't think she'll be able to do it either but i think she's gonna probably make it the best she'll have the best performance out of all the other people we see on that list right now yeah she will give her the hardest fight i believe she will give her the hardest fight i look the reason why i think i think lauren murphy will kind of give her a little bit of a a go for the first couple rounds is because she her body size is pretty big as well. She's strong. Yeah, she's physically strong, but she's also got a bigger, bigger frame body, and not like in a bad way. Just her structure no, is no, bigger, no. and so and together, she, man, and she carries the muscle and the weight very well. So I think that will give uh, Valentina a little bit of a problem for the first two rounds, but then she'll figure it out, and she does. She'll do what she always does, and she'll just start picking and choosing her shots and and taking the fight anywhere she wants. That's the one thing that's happened over the years is that she's gotten so much better on the ground. Her wrestling's gotten so much better and she's putting it together so well with her takedowns, her, the way she clinches and gets her trips and takedowns is it's almost effortless for her. And I think she's, she's gotten so much better. So with Jessica Andrade, I think she's going to have to mix this up, make it a dirty grimy fight and just kind of fight her. She needs to fight Valentina Shevchenko the way that Gaslam fought Izzy. She needs to make it that type of fight. Man, look at this. We're both saying this. We're both using Gastelum against Izzy saying, this is the style of fight you need to do. But sometimes it is, especially when you're the underdog. You've got to create that pressure and that problem that that makes that champion that's got all that skill. Or, you know, and the, not saying that Gastelum and Izzy, that was an interim fight. But you got to create that problem for them. And sometimes pressure can be a problem for everybody. That's why I look at the the person I think that ha- would be the the most fun fight to watch against Valentina is the strawweight champ in Li Zhang. I think that yeah. because of the pressure she brings normally and the way she fights and how explosive she is, that would be really a fun fight. But I look at it and I think that Valentina would win it. 
Yeah, I think Valenti would win it as well. And if you go back and you watch the Joanna fight with Whaley Zhang, then that lets you know exactly how that fight would work out. Joanna was picking her apart in the first two rounds, two and a half rounds. And then Whaley Zhang was able to start kind of like touching her and touching her. And then yep. her shots were obviously more powerful, but yep. she was getting pieced up by Joanna until Joanna started slowing down a little bit. Wasn't able to keep her footwork and movement going for the whole the whole five rounds. Whereas Shevchenko, the size will be a factor. She's not going to be able to, or Willie Zane won't be able to like take those type of shots that she took from Joanna because Shevchenko's more got power. power. Yeah, she's got more power and she's a physically a bigger person. So I agree. <clears throat> yeah, there's a, but that's more MMA math and anything can happen, you know. But <laughs> I really just feel like the only fight there really is after Jessica Andrade for Shevchenko to take is to go back to the Amanda Nunes fight. Well, I think that's if you if you want a challenger and yeah. say, hey, this is the fight that you know is gonna you know show if you you know you have that ability to beat the person that now is the number one. Yeah, yeah, I, I actually absolutely agree. But right, I'm I, you know we're gonna see what Amanda does because you know Amanda's taking her last couple at 145. She likes that weight class. I'm sure she we're does. Gonna see what, we're we're gonna see what happens with that weight class because. If she beats, you know, she ends up beating Megan, there's just no one there yeah. you know, at 145. So are they going to keep it? And then is Amanda going to keep fighting at 135 in the Bantamweights? Lot to be answered coming up. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, Jay, what else you got for us, buddy? Um, <clears throat> Just this co these comments um, that came from DC this week, Um, you know, nothing too Who's crazy. DC? Josh's... Uh, BFF. BFF. <laughs> Daniel Cormier, buddy. Um, oh. So he seems to have an opposite opinion as to what you have. You're I thought saying... it was Dominic Cruz. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's the good thing that as well. You've been saying leave Khabib alone, and he's telling Dana, keep keep pushing it. Well, Khabib said, leave me alone. He said, don't force me to make any decisions that are going to upset my mother. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, look, I'm not saying you shouldn't talk to him about it. But you got you got any opportunity you get to be like, hey, are you ready to come back? Then take it. But let's not let's not go out there vocally in the in the media and say like, there oh you. yeah, let's do this. I'm gonna Khabib's not done. No, no, no. Like, stop doing that. Cause that's publicly making it known that you're putting pressure on him. But every time you see him in passing, it's not like you don't talk have to him. It's like, yeah, exactly. Talk to him. Like, hey, what's going on? How are things? Care more about, I think, with him, with with the with with him, Islam, those the the guys from Dagestan, the ones that I know. Okay, I'm not saying all of them, but the ones that I know. Ask them how they are. Ask them how they're doing. Ask them how like what's going on. Like, get to know them. Don't just look at them as like your pay per view dollars. I get it. That's your job as a promoter. But I I get the feeling that that's kind of it's it's been structured all about business. And they, they don't really give a shit about your business. They care about their business and their family and their, their close, close friends. They don't care. And so like you saying like, oh, you can make this much money or, you know, like, oh, we could, you know, we make you a star. I'm already a star and I've already made this much money. You know, I'm like, it doesn't, those, those things don't rattle them at all. And so I think if he just continues to see him in passing, say, hey, you know, let me know when you're ready. I'm here. Let me know. You know, I have ideas. Let's talk whenever you're ready. Like, I think that is a lot, a lot better approach than coming out public and saying, yeah, I'm not done with it. You know, I, I think he still wants to fight. 
that's putting pressure on him and that's putting pressure on his mom too. Not that his mom probably reads the headlines, I don't think, but I'm I sure she think, I'm I, su- I don't think his mom is reading the MMA headlines. But I'm I'm sure she <laughs> hears about it. I'm sure she hears about that people yeah, are you might. know, people are talking. Like, oh yeah, you know, I mean there people follow him. I mean they follow him everything he does. And so anything that Dana says about him, it's gonna get back to his family. A hundred percent is gonna get back to his family. I, I always look at it this way. Good things come to those who wait. Yeah. Dana, just give it time. You have the contract. You have the ability to keep him from fighting for anybody else. All you have to do is wait because eventually he's going to come back. He's going to come back and he's going to tell you, hey, this is the guy that I would like to match up with. Then it's just a matter. Does it work for your promotion? You like it. Is he going to come back, John? Yes, he is. You think so? Guaranteed. Guaranteed. You think so, John? Yep. Yeah, I do. <clears throat> I mean, I just don't see anybody that ignites him for him to come back. I Hold on. I, right now, I think yeah, you're right. I don't I know but, who else. But okay. there will be that guy. Here's my you concern. Know, things with, change. Yeah. Here's my concern with that is that because I am a friend of his, is that yeah. it just turns into this. I don't want to see him come back after a two-year layoff. I don't want to see I, that. I understand why you don't. I don't want to see that. I want to see it because you're not going to see. You're not going to see the Khabib that you know. Yeah, could be in there. Yeah, it's going to be a guy that. Yeah, he's still good. You know, he would still be good, but he's not going to be the guy that's better than the one that was before and everyone else is getting better well look i know gsp was able to do it but gsp didn't look the same as he looked when yeah, he was at 170 yeah, exactly yeah he didn't well, look first the same. Off, he didn't look the same against bisping he looked good in the first round yeah and he was giving bisping some problems but bisping was a hurt fighter going in he had some bad problems going in well, he had one eye did didn't he had one <laughs> eye he had a bad knee and a bad rib yeah. so you know he had things going into that fight and if you you know if you remember that fight Going into the third round, hey, Bisping was starting to touch him good. Yeah. And George was slowing down. And George landed a beautiful left hook. I will tell you, Freddie Roach called that hook during the break. Told him, hey, I want you to wait for this. But, you know, he was having some slowdown based upon he hadn't fought in a while. Not only that, but he got the the job done. Carrying that extra weight makes a huge difference. He wasn't much bigger. I'm telling you, he really (laughs) wasn't. He looked. He tried. He tried to put on weight. He looked physically it, bigger, though. I, I feel like yeah. he, his legs. I mean, not that I was checking out his ass, but his legs and ass looked a little bit bigger. <laughs> he looked a little thicker around the trunk. You were definitely checking out his ass. Says the guy that was checking me out when I was changing before well, the you, podcast. That's because you you came into the room with your dad bod belly <laughs> hanging out, man. So <laughs> you must have you must have got me mistaken for podcast, Dave. No, I did not. <laughs> I don't man. come in here naked for a start. <laughs> uh, dad bod only dad bod in here is podcast dave <laughs> oh man all right well hey let's let's uh let's talk about these uh bellator bellator dropping some uh some stuff on their instagram and talking about the rankings for the welterweight division and they had listed five of them they talked about the females at 125 talking about their ranking or sorry 145 145 file rankings and then also their um rankings for I can't see. Oh, it looks like 155. Yeah, 155 yeah. for the lightweight division. Well, let's go. I see the first one up there is the welterweight. I kind of like it. Oh, yeah. W- where is it? Okay, you got Douglas Lima is obviously the champion. 
But if you took those five guys right there, where do you put them? I'm telling you right now, Amazon is number one. Yes. It's gotta be. Yep. All right. Uh, you're taking a look at with, uh, you know, I love Jason Jackson and Jason Jackson is, I think he's, he's the, the guy, he's the sleeper. Everyone's yes. going to just like not think about him, but he's the sleeper there. So I'm going to go with Michael page is number two, but I'm going to go with Jason Jackson is number three, which is, I know a lot of people are going to go. What about Gracie? Yes. Neiman Gracie is great. And I would put him in number four and Paul Daly would be my number five but you could interchange any of those after Amazon. I'm going to go Amazon. Then I'm going to go Jason Jackson. Ooh, look at you. They, you're using that. Use my whole sleeper thing. Then I'm going to go Naaman Gracie. Okay. I'm going to, then I'm going to go page and then I'm going to go daily. Okay. That's, that's where I'm at. So I got Amazon, Jason Jackson, Gracie page, and then daily. But they're I mean, pretty interchangeable when you look at it. Uh, are they really? I, yeah. I really I have I have Gracie and Jackson being interchangeable with Paige and Daly or not. They're four okay. and five. They're four and five, and then Paige has got the win over Daly, so that makes them four and five. Yeah. But I could see Jackson and Gracie being interchangeable, the two of them. Because I think if Gracie's able to get Jackson down, he's got a great chance of finishing him on the on the ground. It's gonna be hard, but I'm saying he's got a good chance of finishing him on the ground. And he's not got that a he, chance of finishing anybody. Yeah, and he's not that he can't stand. No, you know, like he can stand really good. Well, I mean, but the thing is, the one thing is, Naaman is a big guy for 170. His body frame is, but Jason Jackson is also that same thing. His body size is huge for 170. If you guys actually look up on the website on on YouTube, and he's a bit faster. Yeah, you'll see some sparring sessions between him and Rockhold, and he's given Rockhold some fits in a couple of those sparring sessions, and to see them get after each other, it was it was pretty impressive. He's a big guy. If you see him next to Luke, Luke is big for 185. Jason Jackson and him are about the same size. Jason be a little bit smaller, but I mean that's big for 170, huge for 170. Yep. So that makes that makes for a good fight between the two of them. I would really like to see Jason Jackson and Michael Venom Page. That'd be so a great fight. That'd be a great fight. Great fight. You know, it would be fun. Um, we'll see. We'll go to the women's 145. Well, all right. You go first. I went first last time, so I will hand it over to you. Where Where are you at? You know it's hard Cyborg for me. Is the champ we know Cy that cyborg is the champ it's hard for me because i want to put cat at number two or no, whatever number one on this ranking here but number one i want to put cat over julia bud and then okay. i want to put julia bud and then i'll put blank cow and then i'll put smith and then i'll put kavanaugh okay but i, I the, like it the cat the cat situation in bud it it's only because Kat, I know, walks around 40 right now. Like, she's walking around maybe 145, 150. She, she's she been, something's going, like, she's she's like, I've been training. Like, my weight's been staying down. I don't know if she's just got on a better routine for her diet, whatever it is. But her weight has been staying down. She's walking around, like, 150, 151. So, she can make 35. You know what I mean? So, when you're talking about size-wise, Julia Budd is that size. Kat Zingano right now is not that size, but I, I think the two of them would make for a great fight, Kat and, and Julia Budd. But I, I'm going to put Kat number one, put Julia Budd number two, then I'm going to put Blank Cow, and then Smith, and then Kavanaugh. Okay, let me ask you a question. Why are you putting Kavanaugh down at five? This is a girl, man, she will stand up, and that's the big difference, mm -hmm. and fight with anyone. But if you're putting Blank Cow ahead of her, we saw what happened with Blenkow against Cyborg, and I, I like Arlene. Mm -hmm. She's a tough, you know, fighter. But they're both stand-up fighters. 
-hmm. Leslie Smith has got a ground game. She, you know, trains with, you know, Gil Melendez up there and she's, you know, got a really good ground game, but she likes to stand up and brawl. She had a great fight with Kavanaugh that could have gone either way. She got the nod in a split decision, but Kavanaugh was lighting her up at times. It was just the forward pressure that Smith brought that I thought the judges gave her the decision on. This is a this is one that can go, you know, yeah. through all of them. You look at it. I think Bud has got the advantage when you're saying over Zingano. But I will tell you that I look at Smith and Kavanaugh as the dark horses in this thing. I think that they are, they can beat anybody on the right night. They have to fight the right fight. Sometimes Leslie Smith loses her mind in a fight and just wants to come forward and land shots and doesn't realize how many shots she's taking to land those shots that she wants to land. She just needs to be a little bit more defense-oriented in not getting hit at times. But she's good, man. Her stand-up, she is as tough an individual as you'll find. I love Sine Kavanaugh. Sine Kavanaugh is just a blast to watch because she goes out there to take your head off. Zingano, like you say, I watch, you know, I've seen her fight for a long time. She comes into Bellator. She got a nice win, but she's got the best wrestling Yes. Out of all of them, except Bud matches up with her the best when it comes to the wrestling. Mm -hmm. But she, I think her, her wrestling is actually better than Bud's as far yes. as getting the takedowns. When it comes to position on the mat, I think Bud is better than Zingano. I think she utilizes she utilizes her hips pressure. on. She's, she's a, a monster on top of people when she gets on top. So, But it, this is one of those interchangeable ones. If I was going to rank them right now, yeah, I would probably say that I'm going to go with Bud first. I'm going to go Smith, Kavanaugh, Zingano, and Blenko. Wow. Fun. Wow. I know. <clears throat> You're going to take up. Smith over Zingano. Yep. Right now. Nope. Put him in a fight. <laughs> no, I, I, I go back. Go back to that, Dave. The reason why yeah. I say the reason why I say no is that cat gets the takedown, cat on top. Cat cat is more dominant on top than Kavanaugh, than Smith. Then Julia Budd on top. Like Julia Budd on the bottom, there's really not no answer. Bottom. No, I'm saying Cat's going to, in that exchange between Julia and Cat, Cat will be on top, not Julia. Julia is not taking her down. The wrestling pedigree, I would go with Cat. Cat's going to be the one on top. That fight you on did top. See, you did see Cat get taken down in her last fight, right? Yeah, it didn't care though. <laughs> she dominated the fight. <laughs> so. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to go with, yeah, anyways, I, I get where you're saying a lot of them are interchangeable depending they on are. how they, on how they decide to fight. But I think the two that are not to me personally, it goes, uh, the two that are not is Bud and Zingano. Those are the two that can be like that. The the ones, the rest of them can be interchanged anyway, whether yeah. three, four okay. or five, but I think Kat and Julia can go one and two and that's it. The rest of them need to go three, four and five. All right. Next one. Ooh, lightweight. Ooh, trouble. Oh, lightweight, lightweight. The fight that I want to see, trouble, though. Trouble, After looking at this, this uh, here, I want to see Primus versus Outlaw. Really? Yes. I want Primus versus Pitbull. I want to see Primus versus Outlaw. I want to see Primus versus Pitbull. Well, Outlaw takes down <laughs> Primus. Outlaw, if Outlaw takes down Primus, Primus has got the answer on the submissions. But Outlaw's damn good on the ground as well. What are you talking about? Outlaw's yeah. a black belt from Henzo Gracie. Yeah. He's good on the ground too. Primus been subbing I, uh, Jake Shields and other guys. I, look, I, I, Brent <laughs> Primus, Brent Primus on the ground is a monster. Yes, his jujitsu is legit. He pulls off great submissions. 
Dude, he pulled off a go-go plotter. You just don't see guys his yeah. size pulling off go-go plotters. He's, he is legit. I look at this list and it's to me, the real question is where do you put Benson Henderson? Because Benson has a win over jury. So he's got to be ahead of jury. Mm-hmm. You know, now jury, you know, looks and says, you know, he didn't lose that fight. He did. He didn't do enough. And that's why. But I look at this, and this is one of those ones that could go either way. I think Primus is your number one. I mm. think he's the guy that, you know, you got to put it number one with it. I would say from that, I would put Pitbull number two, Henderson number three, Outlaw number four, and Jury number five. I guess the question is, where do you put Usman? Well, <laughs> Usman yeah. is not fought yet, so yeah. you can't put him anywhere. That was part of their whole things in the ranking. Where do you put him? John, John. If, he comes, if he comes into this, I, he's outstanding. He's undefeated. He's, he's going to be right up in the top two. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be fun. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Kab- we don't, brother. You, don't, you don't need to see the guy that was in the UFC. You just watch his brother. Yeah. <laughs> it's really Khabib's good. brother. Yeah. Because Dave's trying to pull it up right now for us. But <laughs> And then where do you put Adam Piccolotti? He's in that mix as well. Well, I mean, he, he is just lost. The, he it. is in the mix. He's right at it. Yeah. But he had that fight with Sydney Outlaw, and this is the reason he's not that guy in that yeah. list. Is he lost to Sydney Outlaw in a great fight? I, I put, I picked it as one of my top ten fights of the year uh, for Bellator. It was a great, you, you know, that was your two ferrets just yep. going at it on the ground. They were switching position. The wrestling techniques that they were using were fantastic. The transitions were incredible. Um, you know that it's a real just a great fight you know the other guy that you look at that missed weight and they're making him move up that should have been on that list was goichi yamuchi yeah you've got goichi yamuchi and then we just signed a stud out of american top team alexander shabli he yeah. is damn good He's he is good very good and everybody and i've sparred and trained with him he's good i was obviously towards the end of my career when he came in and trained with us but he, i've seen him I've seen him train with a lot of other guys uh, and every, all the buzz at ATT is that he's just, he's giving people some fits. Everybody. He's one of uh, George's uh, Mazadol's main training partners. He's doing a lot of work down there with those guys and he's having a lot of success. Um, well, the, the other guy, the other Mandel guy, Nalo. Uh, you know, Mandel Nalo most of the time. Yeah. He, he's fighting. He, he does like to fight up at uh, welterweight at times, but he's fighting lightweight. But Nakayev, the guy who had that great fight against Kerman Lajanov, yes. did that at welterweight where he normally fights at lightweight. But I think he blew out his knee in that fight, so he's going to be out for a while. But he is he's tough as hell. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm amped up, man. The the 55-pound weight class is going to shape up. The ones that we've just seen right there are not even the ones that, I mean, like you've got Khabib's brother, Usman, and then you've yeah, got... Usman um, going to be a... Uh, Shabli, Sh- I don't know how you say his last name. I think it's Shabli. Shabli. Yeah, it's Shabli. Shabli. You've got him, Alexander Shabli. He's gonna. Those two guys right there are gonna come in and just. They're gonna. They're gonna make themselves felt right off the bat. You also got a guy that he doesn't have a ton of experience, but man, he is athletic, and he grew up in this sport. Lance Gibson Jr. is gonna be good. Is he? he is, is he forty-five really though? Good. Isn't he? No, man, he's a 155er. I thought his last fight was at 45. No, I don't think he could make 45. No way. He's he is, he's but he's too, right there. Too big. Yes, his lightweight. Uh, it says lightweight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. God, I, I swear he's he was good. 45. 
Oh, all right. Well, hey, I'm excited. I'm amped up for that. This this there's a lot what of about good things. Ke- what about Keone Diggs? Yeah, Keone Diggs is good, man. He's really good. Really good. See, now you're starting to get excited about the lightweights. I am. I am. I wasn't excited about our lightweights, man, for a while. I wasn't. I was like, you know, we've got, we've had, we just, we've, we've had like the same top guys there at the top. We've got a lot of new blood coming in that, man, I think Keone Diggs, when you brought him up, I was like, oh, why didn't I think it? He's perfect, man. He's good. Nasty good. Sneaky. Dude, he's, he's gotten so good. His stand-up is so slick. His ground game is good. He's He's the full fucking package. Keone and Pitbull would be a good killer. fight. Yes, it would. Keone and Pitbull. And then you put, you're saying Primus and Benson? I would put, right now, you've got to put Primus and Benson. Yeah, and then you've yeah. got. I, I said Primus and Pitbull was the one that I would have picked with them. But what about Outlaw if, and, if, and Yamauchi? If Yamauchi would make the weight. Yeah. Did he he missed forty five or fifty five. He missed fifty five. He missed fifty five because he he was down he to forty five for a while. He went to fifty five. Now he missed that. How'd you he miss fifty five? He missed it by four pounds. Jeez, man. Yeah. Anyways, gosh, I'm ex- I'm amped up, man. I'm amped up for we got a lot of good fights coming up. A lot of good <laughs> fights. I feel like, jeez, we're gonna be busy, John. This podcast, yeah, gonna, this podcast is gonna blow up. <laughs> It's gonna blow up. Yeah, we did the Energize podcast uh, for we the guys did. from from uh, Dublin, from there out there in Ireland. They're a great group of guys, man. I actually met one of the guys there um, on the show, but I met him uh, at the James Jameson Distillery out there. And boy, he tapped into one of those boy, old casts. He, he, he <laughs> I was like, man, I can't be drinking this stuff. It's way too strong for my ass it was zero appreciation. oh man zero appreciation. i just it was it was so strong he, he tried i think he tapped into i want to say it was a 22 or 23 oh, year old cast. man see you're breaking my heart he right uncorked now. it the the cast and then he like dropped down with the chain with the little hey, thing all the way down to the all the way down at the bottom is all and then he pulled it all out and then it was i was there with fish and him and i were out there well, great... Fish, Fish was a good enough man to understand oh, yes. the, he understood. The, the level that he was getting. And he loved it. And oh, he yeah. loved it. He's like, <laughs> he loved it. And I was like, I, I took one drink and I was like, oh, okay. This, <laughs> I was like, can I get some ice? <laughs> He's like, absolutely not. You cannot get ice. Wreck oh, it with man. ice? It was horrible. That was good, though. It was good, but horrible. It was a great experience, though. I loved it. That, that place is amazing. The Jameson oh, yeah. Distillery. It's cool. It's so awesome. It is cool. Um, what else you got? You got some fan questions for us there? Yeah, so we're going to jump into another edition of This or That. Ooh. Another edition of This or That. I like these. It's going to be shorter this time, but if you guys have good ideas, make sure you put them in the comments below so that we can uh, keep keep doing these. But it's kind of hard to come up with these original ideas. So uh, we're going to do 10 this time. And you guys remember the rules? Well, last time you called it pop quiz. I know. And people my, hated now, it. Well, then my girl, yeah. my girl. Now, now we know. My girl was like, you can't call it pop quiz and it's not a quiz. <laughs> Is that a quiz? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't really think that one through, I didn't did think you? It through. Yeah. No, no, no. So we're, we're calling it now this or that? <laughs> yeah. This or that is perfect. This yeah. segment is this or that. All right. Yeah. All right. So, John, wait, wait. John, let's explain the rules to John again before he oh, messes no, them up. Oh, no, 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 no. I've got John, the rules, baby. John, let's You're explain the, the rules. 
Go ahead. Let's, you let's have hear to you answer. Your... You pick this or that. This or that. And that's it. You don't get to explain anything. This or that. No shit. And it's just your preference. It doesn't have to be real. All right. All right. All right. Let's do it. So let's go through this. So men's flyweight or women's flyweight? Men's flyweight. Men's. Trash talk or pushing at the weigh-ins? Trash talk. Trash talk. Ropes or cage? Cage. cage. First round finish or 25 minutes? 25 minutes. It did, oh, if it was good, gosh. It that's was, it, yeah, that's it. First round finish. All right. Gimmick fight or champ v. champ? Champ v. champ. Champ v. champ. Cocky Connor or humble Connor? Cocky. Connor. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well played, John. Well played. Thank you. Uh, Poirier's hot sauce or proper 12? Oh. Poirier's hot sauce. Uh, I, and I, and I'm I haven't, a whiskey drinker. <laughs> I, haven't had, I haven't had his hot sauce, so I'm going to go proper 12. All okay, right. there you go. Uh, throw in the towel or go out on their shield? Shield. Shield. <laughs> uh, Killing me. Grand Prix or number one contender fight? Grand Prix. Yeah, Grand Prix. Love tournament. And then champ v... Ch uh, sorry, champ champ or undefeated? Undefeated. Champ champ. Okay, and I got to give a shout out to Fraser, Gian, and Ethan for their help on this one. Yeah, yeah, it was... Uh, cha I, I, the very first one was the flyweights for men and women. I would I would have said the women, but then she's cleared out the division. So it's... That's it. That's the biggest thing. Yeah, and the 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 men's flyweight right now is reinvigorated with some new blood, so it's been oh. fun. Like the last fight with Figueredo and Brandon Moreno. Moreno, yeah. yeah. Um, that was a great fight. You know. Oof. Yeah. Um, what else you got? You got some fan questions for us now? Yeah, let's go through some fan let's questions. Do it. And let's go. One, two, Before we get started with the fan questions, you guys hit that little bell off to the side. Hit the thumbs up as well. Share our videos to everybody on your social media. Tag us in them so we can also share them back. We're trying to get to 5,000 likes with the thumbs up. And then, like I said, hit that bell so you guys get the notifications. Because I've, I've read a lot of people in the comments saying, hey, uh, you know, when, how come you guys didn't drop? Like on last Sunday, we dropped later instead of early in the morning. It was my fault. Um, so then the notification will let you know as soon as we drop. So you guys don't think that we're waiting another day. All right. So we're trying to stay consistent with the early morning drops on Sunday. But hit that bell and that'll let you guys know. Appreciate you guys supporting us and uh, continue to grow the podcast. Amazing. We're almost at 90,000, John. 90,000. We got to get that 100,000. I want to hit 100,000 before June. I think we should be able to do that. You got to get it before the end of March, man. Way God. before. All right. Way before. April, March, April, May, June. Let's almost get, June. Let's get the homie corner back. March. On <laughs> <laughs> let's go. Um, Miss Kata asks, Josh and John, can you incre can you increase fight IQ inside and outside the cage? Absolutely. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can. You can. It just has to do with your coaching. I think your coaching is what helps you a lot, and you also need to spend time. I'm going through that right now with some of that I'm training. I can tell you a hundred times to put your hands up and keep your hands up, but if you don't <laughs> freaking do it, then I, what good is a coach? So you need to follow the instruction and, and and make a conscious effort of making those changes and, and developing your fight IQ. What is best? Not what's best, not what you like to do, but what is best for you to win, you know, and that, that, that will change the way you look at fights. Like, how do I, what do I need to do to win this fight? It's called mixed martial arts. You have to mix everything up 
to be successful. When we talked about Cyril Gaon and Rosenstruck, like Cyril Gaon can stand with him. That's not a smart fight. If he mixes it up and pressures him, gets to the clinch, pressures him against the fence, he drops down on the legs, does things like that, he has an easier road to success. That's developing your fight IQ. But it's not one thing, it's one thing just to say it. It's a, and it's one thing to train it. It's another thing to do it in a fight. Sometimes you don't like the way it's going on and you just avoid the and you you stop the game plan. You've got to continue it, but just do it in a different direction. That's how you develop your fight IQ. Don't fight at their strengths. Try to implement, try to exploit their weaknesses. That's how you develop your fight IQ. Big one of the things people need to re remember. This is why training women is usually much easier than training men. Because women, especially when they come into the gym and they've never fought, they listen. They they follow everything that you say perfectly because they don't have an ego about fighting. Men have an ego. And a lot of times, like what Josh is talking about, you're telling, put your hands up, get your hands up. You're saying these things over and over because yeah. that person has put something like in their hard drive when they thought they were cool on the street and with their buddies and stuff, they would, you know, shuck and jive and put their hands down because their buddies couldn't fight. And so they could get away with it. Now they've got it stuck in their hard drive like a computer, and you've got to pull that bad data out and get rid of it and make them now understand, look, you're not fighting people that don't know how to fight anymore. You're fighting people that do, and they're going to touch your chin, and they're going to put you out. So that's sometimes when you're training guys and getting their fight IQ up is on simple things like Josh is saying. Just the simple act of putting your hands in the right position when you are fighting yeah if you're at distance you can drop your hands down but when you come into that range the hands need to be in a certain place that's simple fight iq to, to touch on what you were saying about the females i agree with 100 percent. not only just at the an older age but at any age i oh, train yeah. i train young young girls in jiu-jitsu all the way from five six seven eight years old all the way up to like you know to older women and when you sit them down, you teach them wrestling, you teach them jiu-jitsu, they will pay attention to the details and I will show the move once or twice to them and they will do it and they will drill it. Men will not. They will miss a step, two or three steps sometimes. And then also too, they will do everything fast and hard and try and be explosive with it. And instead of just doing it slow and trying to learn the, the progressions of each uh, stage of the technique. Yep. And so, yeah, to touch exactly on that, like females have that, that little, they're just smarter. Yeah, they have that switch <laughs> in their head, really, to 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 break down a move and follow along and do it properly. Whereas men, they don't. They power just don't have things. egos about it. Yeah, and that makes them learn it just better and quicker. What else? Felipe Gutierrez says, "If YouTubers are doing exhibitions, when are we getting podcast Dave versus Josh?" <laughs> oh, uh, when this podcast yep. reaches. 1 million subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> we're going for podcast day versus Josh. You were talking about uh, popping the head like a pimple. Well, that's exactly what <laughs> I would do to him. This poor uh, guy. Lennox number uh, one says, um, the other day I, I watched Bizping versus GSP and I was shocked how Bruce Buffer spoke to John at the end. Just wondering, is was there beef between the two? I don't know anything about it, but apparently. Neither do I. And I was there, I guess. <laughs> Bruce Buffer talked to me. Yeah. Bruce Buffer's never said a bad word to me ever. Let's just be honest. And I pick on Bruce all the time. Okay. Bruce is a, is, is 
he's as nice a guy. He doesn't have you know any bad feelings towards anyone. Uh, he's never said anything mean to me ever. And I do things to screw with him all the time. So I don't know what the guy's talking about. He just had his uh, 25th 20, year. 25 years. 25 been doing years. That. Yeah. Impressive. Congratulations to the yes. buff. Congratulations. Yeah, man. man. He just, you know, he's a, he's a different dude, man. But he is so, he loves the UFC. He loves the sport of MMA. He loves what he does. You know, like, is, is he the best announcer ever? No. You know, his brother, probably the best now fight announcer probably the best guy ever yeah i think it's really what you like i think i think bruce is yeah. definitely up there um i think every bruce has his bruce has his bruce style. created his own style yeah and that's good. i'm to, glad he did he separated yeah. himself from his brother because he, he's not his brother exactly yeah. i think that was good good on his on his part yep next uh piotr clicking gear uh so ask for both of you what's one place where you would like to uh where you would like to work in the world as a fighter and as a referee and do you still think you could i think the answer is no to that last part yeah i can't fight anymore <laughs> don't want to fight anymore um one place in the world that i would have liked to have had a fight for no, me you just want to work work a fight oh so. work a fight so now we'll, we'll fight. say now uh-huh. working a fight where one place in the world you could do it or is he talking about country or stadium arena type thing what do you think didn't specify there but they did put the earth globe so probably just like destination yeah okay yeah uh, for me it would probably be i i would for me it'd probably be rome i would want to do it in rome I, dude it's awesome yeah and I, i've never been either to rome so oh I think Rome. I mean, I, outside of my like my bucket list would be Switzerland, but that's only because I'd want to go there to like get some skiing in and like see some friends, you know, that I have that live there. So, but yeah, that, okay. you know, like I'm the same as you. That's why I asked location wise. Yeah. If I could do a fight anywhere, I would want to do one in the in Rome Coliseum. Yeah, so, you know, it's broken down. And that's I, I know they've done concerts there and things like that. That would be the place if I could do a fight anywhere, be it referee, be it freaking commentate. That would be incredible to be in that Coliseum doing fights. Be insane. You know? oh. Yeah, be insane. Next. Um, Stephen Wright wants to know, Big John, what is your biggest regret from your refereeing career? I don't have regrets from my refereeing. Missing a headbutt. No, that was definitely... <laughs> that was... That, if you want to say what was the best moment of my career, <laughs> miss, miss, missing that headbutt. Oh man. Uh, um, yeah, I don't look. I don't look at things like that. There's a lot of guys that you know. Oh, I wish I could have refereed this person or that person. I had, you know, I had my bucket list things, and and I basically achieved all of them. Um, places that I wanted to work, you know, I, I always wanted to referee a fight in Madison Square Garden. That was a biggie to me. I got it. And I always wanted to do a Fedor fight and I got it multiple times. And, you know, just certain things that over time you go, man, I, I was so lucky to sit there and say regrets. If I, there's going to be any regrets, it would be the ones like Josh is talking, the ones where I didn't see something that occurred or I could have been better. That's, that would be my regrets. Next. Next. Um, and this may be the last one, but I'll let you know. Uh, 
Ian Raffo wants to know, um, hey, I, I watched, I just watched the third fight between Gilbert and Josh. And to be honest, I thought Josh won the fight. Uh, what are your thoughts on the whole trilogy? Josh and John's opinion, please. On the whole fight, on the whole trilogy. Well, well hold on, hold on. Did you when you got when you're saying that about the person asking the question, he watched what fight and thought Josh won. He watched the third, third, the third fight. Yeah. He's right. Josh did win that fight. Toad. He said the toad. The toad. Uh, it was a good fight though. Um, I missed out on an opportunity in the fourth, I believe it was, to finish the fight, and just couldn't keep the submission on. I had the rear naked for the last probably minute of the fight. The same thing happened in the first fight. I was in the same position, the same time. I, I believe it was the fourth round. I finished the round on his back. Both both fight, first and third fight, I was on his back when the round finished, I think, with the rear naked choke and couldn't finish it. Kid was just good at, at avoiding getting subbed. I mean, just good. He's tough. He's tough. He's a good kid. Um, I, just, yeah, shitty situation. I mean, it is what it is. At the, that's... Up until I've always I, I've I've told myself this maybe I'm wrong John um up until the Tony Ferguson fight and and the Eve's Edward fight I feel like the fights the fights that I did lose that I didn't lose them I just I felt like gosh man they were time fights ran that out. I, yeah time ran out or I just I felt like I won those fights I just didn't get the I didn't get the call and that's why you don't yeah. leave it up to the judges that position like the Bobby Green fight I thought I won but could I have done more hell yeah I wasn't yes. even tired. I was like, yeah. I was like laughing and joking in the cage. I don't know. I was being a fucking idiot. I was so mad at myself after. I'm like, I wasn't even exhausted. I wasn't tired at all. And it just was one of those frustrating moments for me. I'm just like, I wasn't even supposed to fight him. I was supposed to fight Michael Johnson. Michael Johnson pulled out of the fight like two weeks before. It just was like, all right, whatever. And I just lost yeah. to Benson. Um, the Benson fight, I thought I won. The, the trilogy of it all, though, is that I'm glad I look back at my career. People think they always say the Nate Diaz fight is the fight that I should the most. No, it's the, all my fights with Gil. I got too much respect for Gil. Um, I love every moment. I wouldn't take anything back, you know, on those, the, those fights. Obviously I wish the third one went my way, but I got nothing but respect for him and his family and his wife and all. Like it's, it's, I'm glad. I'm glad I had that in my career. I had my nemesis and he was my nemesis. He made me better. I would have never been as good as I was had I not had him to push me and drive me in training. I will tell you about my memories of those fights. The first fight wasn't, wasn't really that close. It was, uh, you, you dominated most of that fight. He didn't, he didn't have those moments that you look and you go, Oh, you, you know, he got that round. He got that round. He, I think he got one round on you in the first fight. No, it was actually, it was 50, 45, 50, 50 45. Okay. It was, yeah, it was what I was saying. Yeah, I can't remember it, but it was close. As far as the second fight was one that you were always a step behind in. It. Yeah, he was always in the exchanges. You guys, I was there. I was loving that fight, and I was pissed off that Josh Rosenthal was able to referee it because <laughs> afterwards it was such a good fight. I'm just kidding, but you know, I, I can remember Josh coming out of the cage and going, "Holy fuck, that was a great fight," and it was. And it was really close. But if you go back and you watch it, you guys would, you know, they would throw. And it was always Gil kind of landing the better shots in the end. Yep. But it was close. And it was just a tough fight for both guys. Uh, but Gil won the fight. You go to your third fight. Again, I thought you won the fight. It was close. Mm -hmm. And it was, you guys had learned so much about each other 
you knew where your strengths were that you could try to do. He knew where his strengths and you guys were trying to implement it, and you guys stonewalled each other in a lot of situations and stuff. But that's, that's what a trilogy is supposed to be. It's the ones where you look and the fights are so close overall. You have one winner, then the other guy wins, and then you come into that third. And in the end, after the third fight, there's still a question of who's the real better fighter between yeah. those two because it was so close. And that's exactly the way it's supposed to be. I thought it was a, it's one of the best trilogies in MMA that there was just due to the level that you guys were at and what you brought out of each other. I thought, yeah, I, I thought he made me, he made me a better fighter. Every time I stepped in the, into the AK gym, I had to think to myself, he's probably going to be next. And if he's not next, he's one fight away from fighting again. You know, it just, for me, it was the entryway into the UFC that upset me the most is I fought him knowing that it would have been me fighting Benson that first fight in the UFC. I would have got if you had, if you had won that fight. That's yeah. Right. And that would have been for the title. And I would have, it would have been thinking in terms of like, instead of fighting Nate, I would have fought Ben. And on that night, I wasn't going to lose to Ben. Just my mindset on that night of like, I'm back in the UFC. This is my first fight. I, everything was preparation. Everything like that was great for that fight. I mean, I came, I came back from China doing a movie. I had literally like six, seven weeks to film. I would fix six, seven weeks to get in shape. And I was not in shape. I was in China for two months before that. I come back and it was my whole focus was just the Nate Diaz fight. And that's what it would have been for a title fight against Benson. It would have just been like my whole focus would have been Ben. I think I would have beat him for the title that night, but. It is what it is, man. I mean, look, I we talked I talked in the beginning of the show. Is that I'm blessed. I'm blessed where we're at. I'm an analyst now for Bellator. We work for CBS and Showtime, you know, and in Viacom. It's just and now we have our show. I, I'm blessed. Everything happens for a reason and I wouldn't change anything. I know it sucks that I didn't get the win and the nod, but I thank Gil also too for making me better. There you go. All right, that's we the last one from Thomas Vesley. Um, are there any benefits in training BJJ with a gi for an MMA fighter? Yes. Go ahead, Josh. Absolutely. Let like, me hear the benefits. Uh, the benefits are as it teaches them to go step by step and learn the actual techniques instead of just jumping to things. Like, like when we talked about earlier about the women, how they pay attention to detail and they learn step by step and then they can do the move after you show it once or twice. Men have a... a like you said, a program, their program in their head, their hard drive to just power through things or go really fast and hard. Well, the gi forces you to slow it down and learn step by step. Let's just say I'm passing guard, right? Put one hand on the hip, grab the pant, open the, open the leg with the elbow, grab the other one at the knee, push the leg by and guide it by chest pressure to chest pressure. That's real simple in showing you on, on a gi grips here, grip here, Move the leg, move the body, circle around, chest to chest. With no gi, they put their hand there, their hand slips off. They open their open the elbow to open the thigh, the elbow slips off. They're like, shit, they can't get anything. They, they're, they're having to, so they're like, you know what, just fuck it. I'm just going to pass by real quick and run around you. That's how they, that's, when people just learn strictly by no gi, I feel like, sure, you're good at attacks, but you're not good at the technique. So in, in no gi, your attacks are a lot faster. Slapping an arm bar, slapping a triangle, slapping a kimura on, those things catching people in transition, that's good for no gi. 
but you've got to learn the technique properly to be able to do that. And I think the gi teaches you to slow it down and learn it step-by-step better in the beginning. And then you can go ahead and move on to no gi or doing both simultaneously as you're going. It also helps as well. Depends on how much time you want to dedicate. If you're not a fighter, then you're really not spending that much time probably in the gym as much as a fighter is to learn the step-by-step processes. I always look at it first off. The gi is great, but I call the gi is for old men. And when I, why I say that is when you're an old man and you're doing jujitsu, your athleticism is kind of left. And so now it is about technique. If you're a lightweight fighter, not meaning 155, a lighter weight, 125, 130, 135 pound guy or woman, and you're training, you can't power out of things, no matter if it's no gi or with a gi. So you're always learning the technique the right way because powering out is not, it's just not a tool for you. Where for bigger people, it is a tool. I think that the gi for bigger people is really important because they can't power out just like what josh is saying i grab a hold of your collar and i hold it just a certain way i control your entire body position with that one hand it doesn't matter how strong you are you're not going to just be able to power out of moving my hand out of the position so it does make people that have strength speed power it makes them slow down and learn technique for what they're saying they want to do but in the end i always think if you are going to learn with the gi then you have to learn the alternative with no gi so if i ha- if i take and i put my hand to grab the collar here well in the no gi situation i take my hand and i grab and cup here i've got to have the same kind of hand holds for gi and no gi and that's where some of the problems with some of the guys that are fantastic with gi They don't learn the same techniques. Well, this is how you're going to do it when the gi's not there. You don't have that material to grab a hold of. You're going to have to grab, you know, skin, leg, wrist, you know, bicep, tricep. All those are different. So both of them are important. But I always think the more athletic you are, the more explosive you are, the more powerful you are, the better the gi is for you to learn it. Yeah. You don't want to rely on your athleticism to get you through a fight. You want to rely on your technique. Yep. And that's, and I think the, the geese slows that down enough for you to learn those movements. Uh, is that everything? All right. Well, Hey, we're good. We had another amazing, great show. Big John. Oh, podcast hold it. Day. Hold it. Uh-oh. Hold it. Hold it. I got to ask you. I forgot. Damn. I'm so glad I remembered. <laughs> Old age. Did, did you see the fight? Oh, jeez. <laughs> did you see the fight? Oh, did I, you see? Are you really going to bring this up? Did you, you see the Oklahoma bathroom brawl? Oh, yes, I did. Oh, man. <laughs> it was like a, it was this, this, this guy in the bathroom beat up an Oklahoma, University of Oklahoma wide receiver. Wide receiver? Yes, he is a wide receiver. Beat up a wide receiver because he was talking smack and they were going back. Oh, and no, no. Forth. He wasn't talking smack. He was trying to alleviate a confrontation at least that's what his lawyer said because his lawyer's full of shit (laughs) yeah as they pushed him and he just oh man he's lighting him up right here oh and the big slam to the top then the ground and pound oh you know this is hold on my whole thing with this this is why i say 
Hey, yeah, you're a big football player. That's great, dude. Remember, football's not a fight. And, the, you know, the one thing that we've said for a long time, a long time, and, you know, there are nerd assassins out there, people. There are people that you look at and you're reading a book by the cover and that book, the pages inside will fuck you up. Okay. <laughs> Don't freaking do it. Man, understand there are people that will make your life miserable for you're going to wake up the next day and go, why, why did I do that? You know, I, I love it. I hope you learned a lesson. This dude that beat him up is a cross between Jake Paul and Ben Askren. He's Ben Askren, <laughs> man. Jake Paul, Ben Askren. But he slaps him first he and then hits him, him with first, the right hand. And then, but he, then he backside takes him down, oh. goes to freaking Mount. I love it, just starts pounding him. And then the best part is his brother, the littler guy with the beanie on, he basically waits for a guy, holds the guy, I guess, and waits for another guy to get out of the way. Yeah, I, no, I want to take him over there. I want to, I want to smack his head over in the wall. Then just positions him now, takes, and then just all of a sudden slams him over. Watch this dude's head smacking the the tile against the wall. Watch him. And here you go, boom! Yeah, I love that. That felt good. When you're watching this, John, this is great. The guy on top right now has cowboy boots on. I know he's grappling. The best. They're brothers. He's grappling with cowboy boots. He body slams the the wide receiver, takes his back, oh, yeah. puts the hooks in. Oh man! So if you guys are at home, look up Oklahoma in YouTube. Look up Oklahoma football player brawl with MMA fighter at the Norman Bar. Check that out. You guys are crack up. Somebody pushes the Ben Askren, Jake Paul looking <laughs> yeah. guy. Oh, it's, the it's the wide receiver's on. friend that he's with. Yeah. That, that, isn't yeah. that great? You have friends that pick fights for you. Oh, it's, yeah. Well, it's great. You, you can look over and say, thank you. That dude whooped my ass. Uh, oh, you got your ass whooped too. Okay, you paid. I'm just saying, look, guys, don't fight in the streets. If you're going to so fight, stupid. understand, you need to know what you're doing. Because you're an athlete doesn't mean that you're going to be a good fighter. And, you know, this guy ended up in surgery, broken orbital. Had to have, you know, a lot of surgery to Damn. get you know, his uh, self put back together. So there are consequences to these decisions. Well, John, I was stupid enough to have enough of these fights. Don't do it. John, the, the difference is, though, is when you were you're a, this age, which was what, 1926, 1928? Yep. 1928. Yep. Um, and then even at my age, like these, we ran into people at the bar. They didn't know how to fight like this. Not like that. Dude. Not like this. <laughs> I know. That's you know what I mean? So we got away with a lot of stuff knowing that we oh, probably yes. knew a lot more than everybody else did. We didn't have to worry about little Ben Askren and, <laughs> and Jake Paul whooping our ass like this. That's it, man. We were the, I, I, I'm assuming we were the Ben Askren and the Jake Paul situation right now. That was us right there in these type of situations. So, I mean, I wasn't wearing cowboy boots. But it was, I was <laughs> in this situation, though, like now you don't know who knows what, you know, I mean, there's some videos oh, you know? of these young kids. Oh, it's it, like in the in the playground, some kids bullying him. And there's one that went viral for oh, there about was four the or one, five years the ago. One where the kid's getting pushed and finally takes his backpack, puts it down and lights that kid up and then throws on a beautiful arm bar. Flying arm bar. He hits like a oh, flying arm bar. Best. It was insane. I was like, holy I was, crap. Dude, I was so proud of that kid. I was like, holy <laughs> crap. I get nervous when they start jumping flying arm bars on concrete. Yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, it was. I was very impressed. And I'm thinking to myself, 
this is the age we live in now. So you guys got to be very careful about who you are messing with. You know, just insane right there. Well, and and understand, man, someone picks you up and slams you on concrete. I used that. It was a great technique. I used a lot when I was a young person. Hey, the, the ground is hard. Yeah. And man, if someone drives you into it from an elevated position, You'll be lucky if you stay conscious. And yeah. trust me, it's going to affect your ability to perform. Don't get in street fights. Yeah, Go to the gym. So dumb. And if you're a football player, play football. Don't don't push people in the bathroom. One of the last times someone tried to pick a fight with me, I was I was at a bar here in in Campbell in California or in San Jose, or outside of San Jose. And I was running around the taxi cab because I had called the cab because the guy had tried to fight me earlier. And I had called the cab. I was like, I'm getting out of here. I, well, I believe it or not, I wasn't drinking. <laughs> and so oh. the guy's chasing after me. He comes out of the, out of the bar, out of the Cardiff. And he's like, I'm going to kick your ass. And I was like, and I was like, oh, you don't want to fight. You don't want to fight. I started running around the taxi cab in the middle of the street. This fucker's chasing me. <laughs> he's chasing me around. Cops show up. They sit us both down on the curb, talk to us. And I'm like. I got lucky that one of the cops knew who I was. And he's like, "All right, Josh, get out of here." But then the other kid, he was drunk, obviously. Just do you remember? Do you remember what happened with Roger Huerta years ago? Yes, Sixth, I do. Sixth was, Street in Austin. That was in Austin, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Go back to that man. You know that the guy that he ended up fighting in there. That guy played linebacker. Well, he played at the University of Texas. Then he was playing for the Atlanta Falcons. Oh, wow. And that that guy punched a girl, knocks her out, and. Roger ends up in a fight off of it, but you look and you go, man, people, because you play sports, you're not, doesn't mean you're a fighter. Stop. Damn. I forgot. I didn't know that guy. I knew he played football, but I didn't think he was. Oh yeah. Oh, he played for the Atlanta Falcons for a little bit. Jeez, man. Play after this. <laughs> Gosh, guy who hit girl, Roger worth This is crazy. Insane. Yep. I'm watching it right now on the, uh, on YouTube. All right, guys. Well, hey, I want to thank you guys for tuning in. Hit the thumbs up. That shares our videos. Hit the comment section. Let us know if there's anything you guys want to talk about, us to talk about. And uh, we want to thank you guys for following the podcast as well as sharing our podcast. And like I said earlier, go ahead and tag us every time you guys repost our stuff and we'll retweet it or repost it as well. We want to thank you guys for that. Hit us up in the stories as well. Um, and we want to thank you guys. This is amazing. Definitely want to thank you guys. This is the one I am going to look at comments. So I'm going to be Josh Thompson. I told my wife that I would look at the comments on this show. So go ahead. Say nasty things about me. I don't care. <laughs> not going to not going to hurt my feelings, but say something. And I will try to respond to you if you have a question or something like that. Or I'll give you that thumbs up that Josh gives you. So have fun. Write something at least semi-decent. And don't fight in the streets. John. The- Joshua. The, the 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 thing that I want people to understand is in our comment section. If you go to other people's YouTube comment sections, there it's like it's like Butcher Street. It's so bad. It's like a bloodbath in other people's comments. Ours is pretty good. I mean, there's some people that are in there that are you know being a little rude, but I actually go through it because there's a lot of positive energy going through there, and I love that about our That's comment great. section. I've read some other comment sections of some other uh, MMA podcasts, and I will not bring up those podcast names. But it's it's like a bloodbath in that comment section. <laughs> I swear it's so bad. It's several of them. But hey, I want to thank all of our fans, all of the people that are tuned in. And I want to thank you guys for being positive in our comment section. And also tell us what you guys like about the show and let us know what you guys would like us to do more of, you know, or something new. And uh, John, I feel like it's your time, buddy. What do you got to say? There's only one thing to say, baby, to everyone out there. See ya.